0: Living Stones is our discipleship pathway we use to bring people to faith, grow people in the faith and their life, and how we raise up new leaders. 1 Peter 2.5 You also, like Living Stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're exploring the third zone of discipleship, the Tent of Meeting, where a disciple learns to multiply God's reconciliation. It's the leadership step of our discipleship pathway. There are two steps in this area, ministry and knowledge. As with ministry, we're going to start with the application today because knowing that will help us understand why this step of discipleship is important. The church's mission is to go and make disciples. Jesus commanded us to have outward focus, go and make disciples. But in order to go and make disciples, we have to baptize and teach, which is also part of the same command of Jesus. We are not sent out without being prepared, without teaching, without encouragement, without prayer, without financial support, without help, without coordination, and without focus. Just to say, go out and do something for Jesus might sound inspirational, but that's not how the New Testament describes how Jesus sent his disciples, nor how the early church functioned. There's a difference between inviting someone to follow Jesus and inviting someone to church or a church activity. Inviting someone to church could be like inviting someone to watch a movie. All I need to know is the time and the place. We may enjoy the movie, be moved by the the story but we're not part of the movie. Don't get me wrong. I should invite people to church, but I'm called to invite people to something deeper than church attendance. Inviting someone to Jesus is like inviting them into my family. We're going to eat together, maybe even cook together. We're going to talk with each other. I can't go out and make disciples until I know what it means to be a disciple. I know my family. I have existing relationships there. So by default, I have the knowledge and experience necessary to guide someone in. When my wife and I first started dating, my dad flew out from Texas to California, came to my apartment, said hi, took a picture of me and my then-girlfriend, and then left to fly back to Texas. He might have been in my place for all of five minutes. Afterwards, she asked me, What did your dad think? I said, He said, you're okay. And she was kind of sad. She said, I'm just okay. I explained, okay is good. With my dad, you're either okay or not okay. You're okay, so he likes you. You're in. I could explain that to her because I have a relationship with my dad. Similarly with the church, I need to have the knowledge of and relationship with Jesus and his people in order to best invite others into this family. This is what the knowledge living stone encompasses. Knowledge of my relationship that I can share with others. And not just people that don't have a relationship. Knowledge is illustrated by the tribe of Benjamin, who is blessed by Jacob in Genesis 49:27. Benjamin is a wolf. He tears his prey. In the morning, he devours the prey, and in the evening, he divides the plunder. Nephtali is a doe, to describe fruitfulness. Issachar is a donkey, because he works hard for the flock. Benjamin is a wolf, because he feeds and shares. Wolves eat anything from rabbits to moose. Taking on larger and more dangerous prey, such as a caribou, is driven by the amount of hunger. A typical Minnesota wolf, one that doesn't have extra dietary needs because it's growing or pregnant, will eat 15 to 20 adult-sized deer per per year, or that meat equivalent. Wolves don't waste any part of the kill, as they can even eat bone, and they only leave the lower digestive organs, as eating that would not be safe. Wolves hunt in packs, which is smart, allowing them to take on larger prey. This is Benjamin. Whatever he takes on, he takes on with a hunger and then shares with others. If we're to follow Benjamin's example as one who feeds and shares, what are we supposed to eat as disciples? The Bible clearly describes the word of God as spiritual food for us to consume. Listen to these three verses describing God's word, God's revelation to humans as food. Psalm 119, how sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. 1 Corinthians two, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not ready for it. Hebrews 5.12 In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Here we have the word of God, what we would call the written word now, God's Revelation, his law of Jesus and salvation, described as honey, milk, and solid food. Something that needs to be consumed and taught. There's another word of God described in John chapter 1. Jesus, the full revelation of God and salvation. Jesus describes himself as food, bread, and drink to be consumed. From John chapter 6, verse 35. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Verses 53 through 55, So Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh... And drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, because my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. A disciple's food is the word. If I'm to devour like a wolf, I take into myself Jesus, and those things revealed about God in the written and living word. But eating this only fills me. Benjamin is also about sharing. Knowledge is to be taught. Three times in the epistles to Timothy, Paul says that a leader must be able to teach. Now, although not of the tribe of Benjamin, Ezra has the best principle on how to become a teacher. Ezra 7.10. Now, Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. As we delve deeper into Benjamin, we'll follow Ezra's pattern of study, obey, and teach, which I've modified a bit to learn, obey, and teach. So first, learn. Wolf pups love to play. This is how they learn. The pups play with each other and their older brothers and sisters, stalking and pouncing on each other. This type of play will help them all their lives as, as it is practiced for stalking and killing prey, and learning the social interactions of the pack. Pups will also play with so-called toys like bones, feathers, or the skins of dead animals. They pretend to kill the toys over and over again and carry them around as trophies. Just as wolf pups learn, Benjamin learns and we learn. Benjamin tears his prey. One story of Benjamin is in Judges 20, 15 and 16. On that day, the Benjaminites mobilized 26,000 armed men from their cities, besides 700 fit young men rallied by the inhabitants of Gabeah. These were 700 fit young men who were left handed among all these troops. All could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. The Bible's clear that the tribe of Benjamin is left hand dominant. With either hand, they have precision, or, you know, to have precision like is described here, that is something that has to be learned. But in the Middle East, even today, the left hand is considered the unclean hand. One eats and performs ceremonies with the right hand. One cleans with the left. So as a people, the Benjamites learned to use both hands. 1 Chronicles 12, 1 and 2. The following were the men who came to David at Ziklag, and he was still banned from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were archers who could use either the right or left hand, both to sling stones and shoot arrows from a bow. They were Saul's relatives from Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin was full of ambidextrous, long-range warriors. This type of skill mastery is something that usually begins as a child. I can imagine a father teaching his son, saying, this is who we are. We are as skillful, skillful with our right hand as we are with our left. And the child that wants to do everything with their left hand has to learn to have these skills with both hands. Sometimes the tribe of Benjamin also learns by making mistakes. In Judges chapter 19 and 20, the Benjamites show a lack of hospitality and engage in sexual sin. This disregard for others leads to violence and abuse and eventually murder. The tribe of Benjamin is judged for its sin and is almost wiped out. Later, King Saul of the tribe of Benjamin, he's selected to be king because he's the tallest warrior. But Saul is rash, impatient, and disobedient, so God rejects rejects him as king. Saul of the New Testament, who becomes Paul the Apostle, is also of the tribe of Benjamin. And he describes himself in Philippians 3, 6-10 as a blameless, zealous Pharisee who persecuted the church, but came to realize that all of that work was toilet waste because what he really needed to know was Jesus and the power of his resurrection. This learning includes evangelism, but it's more than that. Learning what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus is also for people that already claim to be disciples. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you yourselves not recognize Jesus Christ is in you, unless you fail the test. In order to test myself, I need to learn the word. Take in the scriptures. Read the Bible. The whole thing. It's there we find the foundational truths about who God is, and who we are, and what the world is and should be. It's there we discover the truth of Jesus, but that's not the only place. There are Bible basics that I need to know. Basic Christian doctrines about God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, humanity, and salvation. I should know what books are in the Bible. I should know the Ten Commandments in the Lord's Prayer. I should know how to use a concordance. But all those are just facts if I don't know Jesus. I also need to get to know Jesus, not just as a historical, biblical, or mythical figure, but as my savior, my sacrifice, my king who calls me out of darkness into marvelous light by his sacrifice. I need to take in who Jesus is and increase my relationship with him so that I can become like him. Instruction without a relationship is simply data transfer, and that's something that even a non-living entity such as a computer can do. Knowledge without intimacy is stalking. Intimacy without knowledge is prostitution. But knowledge with intimacy is a relationship. A disciple's food is the word. Disciples feed on the word. But just because a truth is available and learned doesn't mean that it's being used. How many people know about budgeting but don't live according to one? So after I learn... I must to obey. This could also be called practice or participation. For wolf pups, as they get larger, they use the skills they learn from play as they begin to hunt small animals, like rabbits. When pups are six months old, they will start hunting uh, larger animals with the rest of the pack. So our blessing in the morning Benjamin devours the prey. Let's read first Chronicles. 12, 1 and 2 again. The following were the men who came to David at Ziglag while he was still banned from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were archers who could use either the, le- the right or left hand, both to sling stones and to shoot arrows from a bow. They were Saul's relatives from Benjamin. So we know King Saul is still alive and king at this time, but some archers from Benjamin but they learned skills to use to help David in battle. There's always a need for practice, but at some point the practice has to give way to more participation. The trainee leaves boot camp and goes to fight. The Benjaminites didn't just use their skills for contests and fancy displays. They fought in battle. In a time when most weapons were swords and spears, close quarter weapons, Having troops that could do a ranged attack is, is an, a, a tremendous advantage. You don't bring a knife to a gunfight, and you don't bring a gun to a drone attack. This is the advantage of ambidextrous slingers and archers. But the Benjamites could also do close combat and fight with intelligence. We have another Benjamite in Judges three thirteen through 30. It's the story of Ehud, the judge of Israel. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord again, and because they did this, the Lord gave them over to the king of Moab for 18 years. Ehud, a left-handed man, delivered the Israelites when he brought tribute to the king of Moab. Ehud secretly made a short, double-edged sword, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. People would be checked for weapons on the left side because a right-handed person draws from their left. Ehud approached the king of Moab and said, I have a message from God for you, and was able to get close and assassinate him. From there, he escaped, rallied Israel against Moab, delivering Israel into peace for 80 years. A regular theme in the Bible is to move from learning to doing. Psalm one nineteen one o one to 105 I have kept my feet from every evil path to follow your word. I have not turned from your judgments, for you yourself have instructed me how sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. The Psalmist gains understanding in order to walk the right path. James one twenty two, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Listening to the word without doing anything about what I hear is self-deception, that I'm actually in a relationship with Jesus. And 1 Timothy 3.9 says of leaders, they should hold the mystery of faith with a clear conscience. In their actions and thoughts, a leader and teacher has confidence that what they are doing is because their actions and worldview is based on the word of God, not on culture's changing values. There are Bible basics, as I said, that we need to know. But those are just facts if I don't know Jesus. And I don't really know Jesus if I don't obey him. Knowledge is first knowing, then doing. A disciple's food is the word, and disciples feed on and live the word. Learn, obey, then teach. In wolf packs, although the alpha eats first, the kill is divided by... Among the pack, sometimes save for later, and in our blessing, in the evening, Benjamin divides the plunder. Saul of the New Testament learned who Jesus was on the road to Damascus. he's baptized in obedience, and then the acts account seems to see seems to say that he goes straight to Jerusalem from there, but Galatians one seventeen through eighteen informs us of a detour. He writes, "I did not go up to Jerusalem." to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas, and I stayed with him 15 days. It's suspected that in those three years in Arabia, Saul was taught by Jesus, and then he comes to Jerusalem to learn from the apostles. But they still didn't trust him. Barnabas, however, believes in his conversion, and they go off, to be missionaries together, they share their relationship with Jesus with others, Jews and Gentiles. Again, that sounds like evangelism, but that's and that's certainly part of it. But sh- their sharing also involved sharing with believers. Saul, who started going by Paul, didn't just plant new churches; he also spent time teaching and strengthening believers. Not everyone is gifted as a teacher of doctrine or called to be. A formal organizational leader, but every follower of Jesus can teach someone else about Jesus and lead another person closer to Jesus. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2:2, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And in Romans 15:1, My brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you also are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. Part of the test of my being in the faith is seeing if I'm building the faith of others. As I said before many times, there are Bible basics I need to know. But those are just facts if I don't know Jesus. I don't really know Jesus if I don't obey him. And I'm not obeying if I'm not sharing. Knowledge is first knowing, next doing, then sharing. A disciple's food is the word. Disciples feed on, live, and share the word. Learn, obey, teach. Teaching is not just about how much I know and how well I communicate. It's about my relationship, how I'm moving closer to Jesus Christ and how I'm moving others closer to Jesus. Everyone can move someone closer to Jesus. There's always more to learn and a deeper relationship to have, so there's always more to share. Benjamin is described as a ravenous wolf who devours the prey. A disciple must eat and use the law of the Lord. A disciple attains a Malachite stone upon being able to study, practice, and teach. The steps to this are learn to understand and apply the scriptures accurately. Live in relationship with the word written and living. Live a lifestyle above reproach. And teach the word to others. Our prayer today is taken from Psalm 111. Let's pray. I will praise the Lord with my, with all my heart, in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The Lord's works are great, studied by all who delight in them. Our prayer is the same as Paul's in Ephesians 3, 17 and 18, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love. May we not just personally understand this relationship, but share it with others. Amen. Go forth to live as disciples, serving God with your whole being, knowing that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do great exploits in God's name.